Hey guys, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us and follow our Instagram, Twitter, and Curious Cat socials at Abwan Podcast. Our TikTok is at Abwan Chronicles. Or even email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the team, check out our merch at abwanchronicles.com. And you can also buy us a coffee or purchase a monthly membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Abwan Podcast. Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, and Umm Khair. This is your host Istahil, hailing from Edmonton, the city of the frozen and home of the Oilers. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. Oh. And we're live. Salam alaikum. Salam. All right, girl. So, what are we doing this time around? We are talking about. We're talking about one of the. I think both you and I, and I would say maybe Sahra too, are super passionate, super super passionate about this. Um, about this this topic, the topic for this episode, and we're talking about true crime. It's very gloomy, doomy. Um. Not these but, days. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Not these days. It's true. It's been glamorized mm-hmm. on another level. It's it's actually very sad, and and we're gonna touch on that in this in this episode. But um, yeah, I remember. I don't know about you, Estahed, but I remember like the first time I was sort of into into true crime. I think was the summer of like twenty. I want to say twenty fourteen mm-hmm. before, because now it's a wave. But back then, I don't think it was a thing. No. When yeah. did Serial come out? Like Serial, the podcast. I think that was around the same time, twenty fifteen, like the twenty tens. Yeah. The twenty tens, like early or mid twenty tens. Yeah. Um, when Serial came out, and then that summer, I think what kind of led me into true crime was watching a bunch of horror films. Oh no! And then from they, <laughs> from there. <laughs> I kind of like segued into into true crime. I was like, hmm, this is fake. I'm not interested in this. You want the real stuff. Yeah, let me read about actual, you know, true crime stories. And like then making a murder. Yeah, making murder. But that was later on. Like, yeah. I think I first got into to Serial. Mm-hmm. The podcast. Yeah. The podcast. Yeah, Serial, the podcast. Uh, and then from there, I got into like the Netflix documentaries and all of that. But how, how about you? When was, when did you kind of get into this this field this genre you know like when you, you answered that question i'm like you know what it is a recent surge but i just feel like I mean, this might be a cop-out but i feel like we i kind of grew up watching true crime like my mom was obsessed with that show i think it was called cops and then the theme song was bad boys bad boys what you gonna do do you know <laughs> do you remember that bad boys bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you bad boys I remember that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We were we all grew up on um, Bad Boys. Yeah. What was it? Cops. I think it was called Cops. Cops is, is, yeah. So I feel like that's probably where. Yeah. This generation, <laughs> this generation's passion for true crime came from. Exactly. I think it's like a millennial, you know, early Gen Z type thing because every time we came after school and we'd watch uh, <laughs> Cops, and at night, at night there would be those. America's most wanted criminals and like 
I knew all of that stuff watching then. Like, it was scary, but it was like, Hoi would be like, you know, that's why you shouldn't go outside by yourself because we lived in an apartment complex. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of shady. And so she, they would invent, like, her and my Mahavadi would invent, like, people, scary people that wear masks that, you know, hunt children down. So don't go downstairs. Don't take the elevator. You guys can, you know, run around in the hall. But don't ever, don't talk to strangers. You know, stranger danger. And I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, we always, I always grew up watching true crime to an extent. And, like, my, it was my mom's thing um but then growing up obviously i didn't go out of my way to watch true crime i also loved mystery books but i never read true crime books right like cop books and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but you're right because during that surge of like serial i never actually was into serial the podcast because i thought it was too boring for me <laughs> i needed it to be shorter <laughs> sorry to add none yeah i yeah. i thought it was like too long-winded i needed to just read a wikipedia page on it which i did i'm crying i feel like the details is what what got everyone hooked but yeah it wasn't like the right the right media for me at that time right and then Mm -hmm. later onwards there was youtube commentary right and so it was like netflix documentaries as well was really good like you nowadays they do on all the serial killers like how many ted bundy documentaries can we watch but you know what it was for me before it was truly, I was watching this YouTube series on the, what do you call it? Com- not confession tapes. It was the interrogation tapes for this mafia mm-hmm. serial killer called the Icebox Killer. I think he's called the Icebox Killer. And he would kill his victims using like, you know, by freezing them and then cut them up and then throw them, uh, you know, hide the body. Um, but he was, he, no, genuinely, he was the assassin for the mafia. Like you can, you can find on YouTube, you know, he's, he like, when you think about serial killers, he's like, Oh, of course, you know, the mafia kills people. But like when you when I watched that, that doc, the, you know, interrogation tapes, I was hooked. I was genuinely shocked that humans like that were walking amongst us, you know. So after that, I just watched a bunch of interrogation tapes. I watched Jeffrey Dahmer's. I watched Ted Bundy's. I watched literally all of them. So it was like watching those tapes um, was my intro to true crime content, you know, the way it is. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting because like back when we were younger, those those true crime shows we used to watch, they weren't really a production. It was just kind of like facts like, oh, this person, they killed this person and this is what happened. Oh, cops, they're running after this person that's doing this. You Mm -hmm. know, it was just all. It was literally just the cops body crime. (laughs) Literally, it was just straight crime. You know, there's no story. There's no production behind it. Yeah. Um, But but you're right. It's what scared us, right? Like it's what kind of made us like super cautious and um it, it kind of puts you on like edge you know i remember i was watching i don't know if it was cops or if it was another show where they look at crimes of people that are like there's a specific crimes that happen in cars like people are in cars mm-hmm. and carrying out like different crimes whether it be robbing people mm-hmm. or whatever and there's this one guy who's like the highway robber or something like that and he would literally smash people's cars on the highway <laughs> oh my god go into their car take their stuff and then go out and i remember ever since then and i was pretty young when i was watching it i was just scared of the highway no highway for the longest time i was shook to the core but nowadays their whole like productions these were back in the day like in the early 2000s and the Um, late 90s yeah no but um, i just want to remind you that we also grew up watching criminal minds and watching svu and watching oh yeah uh, little called csi and like a lot of those shows 
are inspired by real life stories, right? So it's like, and they made it seem so realistic. Obviously, that's not how real life works. That's not how CSI, you know, like how crime scene investigations are done and all that. But it was so close to reality that we also like kind of assumed those stories were like real stories, right? So I think that merged with the true crime, like straight body cam, cop body cam Mm -hmm. shows that we watched combined together is what birthed this generation of like you know commentary true crime hundred mm-hmm, mm-hmm. percent it's it's there's something very addicting about it it's very weird there mm-hmm. are like studies about there are so many studies online about why people are sort of into um true crime and uh, they say things like oh well uh you know for some people it's therapeutic and there's like a solace in accessing emotions and fears that may have otherwise been repressed and that's why people watch true crime you know for those who have suffered their own trauma hearing the stories of others and things that they have gone through um no matter the nature of it can kind of function like a support group oh so that's like some of the rationale that people use um to 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 justify why people are into such twisted stories because if you think about it it's kind of creepy that everyone's very much addicted to this genre of, of tv no right? what do you think oh, um, Claire, for yourself like why do you co- keep coming back to it to be honest i feel like it's a, like a defense mechanism for me like i watch it because i want to understand how these people's minds work because i can be very paranoid sometimes mm-hmm. i'm extremely paranoid when i'm like out and about mm-hmm. and so for me when i watch it i'm just like Okay, so this is what could potentially happen in a situation this like were this. To potentially, ha- yeah, in a situation like this, and if this were to happen, this is what I should do to try to get out of it. Mm, you know? Okay, um, you're doing research. I don't know. Like, yeah, essentially, I'm doing research, but also it's weird. I don't know. I think I need to like deep delve mm-hmm. into like, you know, kind of look into it a little more. But that's like, I think the main reason why I watch true crime. What about you? Oh my god, it's such a heavy question because it's like, how could you enjoy content like this? Like, it's so dark, right? Mm. So I don't know. I think it's like easy consumption for me to an extent. Um, like you said, also like you know, knowing the curiosity of it and the way it's packaged, true crime. A lot of them has like a beginning, a middle, and an ending. Like you have like a full mm-hmm. story. Um, so the satisfaction of getting to the end of it. Um, and these are real life people, real life stories. So every time I watch a true crime video, I'm in awe. Like I'm like, I cannot believe humans are like this. Like like this. Like this, this is the kind of thing that you know people end up doing. Um, but like there's certain topics that I can't watch like you know if it's a con man like you know there's there's genres to true crimes there's different versions of true crimes like if it's about murder if it's about thievery if it's about like you know just regular con man type situations if it's about a spousal situation there's certain stories that I can't stomach and I don't watch like cases mm-hmm. with children cases with like I genuinely hate the domestic abuse cases like you know I feel like there's certain cases where it sickens me and I just can't mm-hmm. consume it right but um mm-hmm. I always think about true crime in the sense that obviously I'm watching it for my own, you know, satisfaction, my own viewing pleasure. But at the same time, a lot of these stories are stories that are not shared at all. Like that's one thing we could say about the true crime, you know, um, mm-hmm. phenomenon that's going on. But like also, you're right. I need to dig deep and find out what's going on right now. Yeah, to be honest, it's I find that it's very like I've learned a lot of things through uh, some of the documentaries I've watched. But like you, I can't watch a lot of um specific i would say types of documentaries true crime documentaries um 
I try to focus on the ones that don't really like because some of them glamorize the the mm-hmm. the, the killer right yeah it's, it's most disgusting. of them like, let's they make be it honest. seem like he's some sort of yeah they make it sound like he's some sort of hero or whatever and and the minute i feel that vibe when i start a documentary i'm like i said i'm like <laughs> immediately like shut it off no but when right. i see that they're like focusing on you know the victims which you know is can be a little problematic but when they're focusing not necessarily like when they're focusing on the the victims and their families but not to the extent where people can find them harass them them, yeah you know find them and harass them but focus on them in a sense that you know they make sure that you know it's well known from the beginning of the documentary that you know the person who committed this crime is a monster you know should be behind bars etc and that's the vibe that they're going off of in the beginning of the documentary i'm like okay let me continue on with this but some of them are just it makes me sick to my stomach when i see some of them and i'm like how are you guys glamorizing and showing this serial killers fangirls running after him and doing this that and whatever like it's just no let's talk about it i find it so like i guess there's different types of media like there's different qualities to media right if you're watching a six-part documentary on netflix a lot of money went into that a lot of research went into that and a lot of hours right so and they have like their main goal is to get viewership up that's their main goal right so like when i i haven't watched like the famous cases on on uh, netflix i haven't watched the richard ramirez one um the night stalker one only because i'm assuming that they're gonna make him seem like this huge he was an evil 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 person but like i assume that they're gonna make him seem like this invincible amazing you know like unstoppable type of killer and like i couldn't stomach that and i'm not gonna watch that so I'm just assuming though. Mm-hmm. So let me know you guys if that's what happened. Because, so that's why I mainly take my, my, um, true crime content from YouTube. And even then I cherry pick the YouTubers I watch because I cannot watch a YouTuber who's like literally laughing through a scene where they're talking about someone being murdered or someone going through some horrific, horrific things. And they're just like laughing or they're doing some random stuff like eating food. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I cannot yeah. watch those videos. Wait, is that before, before you go into detail? I don't know if everyone knows about this genre of like true crime storytelling. Um, yeah, if you could explain. Yeah, so you, the six-part documentaries that are like, you know, um, I guess a, an easy one that everyone has watched is like Ti- Tiger King. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's a documentary that glamorizes, honestly, a guy who did a lot, a lot of crimes. But that's the type of documentary. So like, those are overly produced. Most times they don't care about the victims. Hulu always, like Hulu, the, the company, when they're doing documentaries, they recently did one. Um, it's slipping my name, but I'll put it in the description. They genuinely d- did not even care about the victim's family when they said, please don't make the story about our family members. Um, and they ended up being harassed. Actually, there's this one on Netflix. Um, about a murder of this kid and his first name was Mast and his family was talking about how they begged Netflix not to share the story on Netflix and Netflix did it anyway. So those these production companies, they genuinely just do it for the content, right? And then you have your YouTube videos, which is a person who's decided to become a YouTuber and then they're making these stories and their content is true crime content. They don't have to be on YouTube. Obviously, there's some on TikTok, there's some on um, Twitter, there's literally any social media app. They basically are social media content creators and instead of doing like beauty videos or doing gaming videos their content is true crime content so every day they come do a video on a certain case some of them are more researched than others but the way they do the videos is different you have people who do combinations of mukbangs 
if you guys don't know what mukbangs is, is those videos where people eat like large amounts of food and people watch them because they enjoy watching people eat food literally okay so they do like uh, a, a combination of a mukbang and they do true crime so they'll be talking about true crime while they eat food um and it started out as like oh we're just transitioning from storytelling so people will do books first and then they went on to telling real life true crime stories um the other type are there's people who do their makeup while they're doing true crime so they're doing beauty content with true crime content and they just combine them both so they do their makeup while they talk about these these stories right um and then another version that i've seen is just regular commentary where the person is just telling us the story as it goes on obviously there's be pictures on the, the screen but they're not doing anything else other than presenting the story to us right I don't know if there's more. I think people, some people do Twitch streaming where they research the case with audience members and then they tell the story. Um, anyway, it's a huge, huge, huge genre. A lot of people do true crime content in different combinations and forms just to, you know, uh, cater to a lot of audiences. Um, so... Uh, there's a lot to be said about it, to be honest. There's a lot to be said. In the beginning, I remember, for example, there's Bailey Sarian. When she first started doing beauty and makeup, people loved it, right? It was like watching beauty content with interesting stories in the background, right? Um, and not just someone droning about just beauty products. So it was like, it was new, it was fresh, and people loved it. Um, now, not so much, but um, that's how it started it's out. It's very common. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very common. You know, when I was doing um, some research for this episode, the thing that I found the most interesting was how apparently in a podcast, they uh, it's it, the podcast is called Wine and Crime. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like you sip wine while you talk about crime i don't know that's another form <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just a, what is that but in 2018 they found that or they revealed that women make up around 85 percent of their audience which aligns with a study that was released around the same year that found 73 percent of true crime podcast listeners in general are women yeah which are you surprised though why do you think like, why is it so obvious, though? Why would you say it's so I don't obvious? know. I just feel like if you watch true crime content, you'll see that a lot of the victim stories that you go through are women-related. Like, it's usually, like, domestic abuse videos. And I've seen, like, when you read the comments, you always see people are like, oh, I watch true crime because, you know, it makes me feel safe. I know how to prevent my something from happening to me. So, like, preve- like you said, you know, preventive measures. Like, that's why I'm not surprised. Also, like, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom. yeah no um yeah and that's the thing like after they they gave that statistic they actually spoke to a psychotherapist and that's when i felt validated and why i watch it because the psychotherapist her name is lisa finlay said based on her research her studies found that people are drawn to true, true crime stories that have elements related to survival whether it be understanding what motivates the killer or how to escape if being kidnapped and she says this draw was larger for women than men so her guess is that women are learning from these stories even if they aren't consciously aware of it and that's part of the appeal which i guess yeah it kind of like um even if they don't know this is the reason why they're watching it sometimes you're subconsciously just taking in that content and and kind of like archiving what to do in certain situ- situations the back of your brain which is mm. which is so sad if you really I know think about it. i feel like we also <laughs> watch it like to get scared like not to get too complacent in life, too relaxed, yeah. because you can't be. I don't know. I'm psychoanalyzing us right now, <laughs> but like you know, you don't yeah. want you don't want 
to be, be trusting to everyone. You don't want to be too comfortable around folks or around outside or in dangerous situations because when you listen to these true crime stories, it's because someone, you know, like even when someone does everything right, like they literally did everything right. They prepared, they called, it still goes wrong. So it's like, I don't know, it's, it makes you feel like you can't be too comfortable. You can't be too trusting to people. You can't, you know, like go to certain places without being fully sure. Like I remember this one story, um, it always, it's always in the back of my head. Um, the two sisters in the UK who got murdered by that guy who, um, he wanted he was doing some some ritual or something honestly he was just out to kill people and they were celebrating a birthday at a picnic with friends and then the friends went home early and they were just like chilling and like you know dancing with fairy lights and taking pictures um but they were the only ones in that area in the park and he came upon them and took the opportunity so i always think of stuff like that because i always go to the park you know like we're literally always at the park and we're always staying till like later and then we always tell ourselves okay it's dark now we need to go home but like yeah. you have to sometimes when you do it a lot and nothing happens you're like you know it's, so what yeah, if we yeah, stay yeah, later yeah. so what if we we chill and relax or whatever like you know we're too lazy mm-hmm. to leave now we'll just go later and then i watch these true crime videos and i'm like hell no like home <laughs> time you know so it's like Girl, i don't know yeah i don't know i think that stuff is i don't think i'll ever get desensitized to that it's always in the back of my mind and maybe it's because i just you reinforce this content exactly you reinforce yeah it. like i just i'm always regularly watching something so i don't think there's ever a chance for me to just forget about what could happen to me if i'm walking out late at night but then i have friends and i even have siblings who are walking around you know 1 a.m because they're dark chill. alleys and yeah they just don't care and i'm like do you not know what can happen to you let me send you five documentaries you can watch to this get is our issue this is the consequences of watching true crime it's like a never-ending circle you watch true crime to know what could happen and then you, because you know yeah. what could happen you can't stop watching yeah. true crime and you can't live your life like it's literally a never-ending circle so but then is it a bad thing um, i don't know if i see it as a bad thing like i'm still enjoying life i'm still doing what i need to do i'm just doing it in a very safe and cautious <laughs> way i'm dead yeah, I feel the same. Like, I could just turn off my my mm-hmm. my TV. Like, there's times where I watch a case and it really, really messes with my, my spirit. And I, I go cold turkey for like a month. Like, I can't watch. <laughs> I can't watch any more content for a month. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I remember at one point, all I was watching was true crime. And I wasn't just watching it, like, in the privacy of my room. I would go out to the living room and watch it in our big TV. And it got to the point where my family was like, are you okay? You're watching like, you know, true crime documentary after true crime documentary. And you can feel it kind of like, there's just this heaviness in your chest. Like, cause it's real life people. It's real life people. Honestly, like when I think about you, I feel like, like it's, it's content you watch on your own, but like when it becomes a mass, content view we think it becomes an extremely popular genre that's when you have a lot of the cons right um that's when you have families saying please stop sharing our stories that's when you have people you know like mimicking peeing i know like cases with like extreme extreme the public eyes on it and stuff like that mm-hmm. it leads to mm-hmm. a circus show like people stop pretending to be human and they start doing things that are genuinely and truly horrific like the people observing it's like it fan behavior yeah fan behavior for, for regular regular families that didn't ask for it yeah exactly it's like they forget that these are human beings going through the story and they just start acting like it's a show it's a movie um start role-playing start doing all these weird things start making fan clubs and it's like you know if you watch any of the court cases for very uh, publicized true crime stories you'll see that happen 
Um, and we see it happen nowadays even more because of social media and, you know, the accessibility people have to the, the families of the story, but also to um, content in general. Now everyone's a content creator. Um, we saw it with the Amber Heard case where people are literally putting bruises on their face to be like, oh, no, no, I don't know what that was. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Everyone was under a collective mass investigators. I don't know. No, genuinely, truly, I was shocked and in awe at everyone collectively being brainwashed um, during that case. But it just goes to show that, you know, true crime content has reached a point where people have lost sense of self. And like, you know, you forget these are real people going through really horrific stuff, you know, not only domestic abuse, but we're talking about murder and kidnapping and like, you know, cold cases and stories that are have been forgotten. Um, so like, have some decorum, please. <laughs> you guys need to relax. Um, but also, I feel like as much as we talk about the negativity of it, um, which there is a lot of negativity, honestly, listen to the families of these stories. Um, there's also like some positivity of it in, in the cases of those, these cold cases, like I said, or these stories that are not listened to. Even now, when we talk about true crime content, it's, let's be honest, it's mostly white content. It's about white victims, um, and what a lot of mm-hmm. white people. Yeah. And even if you go through your favorite true crime YouTubers channel, you'll see, one or two black stories, um, one or two uh, pe- people of color stories. So it's something to look out for and see the reasons why. Even then, you could tell it's a diversity quota because they won't get as many views. Um, so they're doing it because th- these stories need to be shared. These stories need to be told, right? Um, a lot of these cases that went viral, I know Serial is uh, one of those cases as well. Like a lot of these stories mm-hmm. get shoved under the carpet like no one hears about it that story about that kid who i forgot his name if you can remember the one who got a rap in the carpet and his organs are missing that story is still a cold case kendrick johnson yeah kendrick johnson's i think they reopened the case maybe a year ago or something and that case was a cold case so and because of true crime content, because uh, content creators, because they shared the story, a lot more people know about it and a lot more people know that this was trying mm-hmm. to be hidden, right? Also, I think a yeah. big, big one is missing and murdered indigenous women. Not many people do content on it, but every time someone does a video on it, I'm just like, thank God, because the amount of women that are missing and literally nameless when we talk about it in the media is insane so content like that obviously always needs to be boosted so true crime does help in that and because it's so popular if anyone does a video on these these stories then automatically it gets way more push gets way more resources allocated to it you know and the families get more support because of the gofundmes yeah 110 percent. and i think all of these major networks um have the people have been starting starting to call them out for you know the Basically, there's a disparity in coverage between mm-hmm. like white women and, and everyone else, right? Yeah. And they started kind of taking accountability for, for what they're doing. And there are a few, like they're, they're working on releasing a few, um, true crime series. Um, one of them is, it's a really good one. It's called Black and Missing. Yeah. And it's like on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just sad because when they were doing research on like figuring out who the audience, we know the target, mm-hmm. the audience, the target audience is mostly women. Mm-hmm. And they found that a majority of the women were white women. And I was thinking to myself, well, the reason why it's white women is because the content, obviously yeah. all these, yeah, the content is for white, is what for white people, right? And they're, they're watching this because they they see themselves and in, in what they're viewing. So it's just sad because when you think about it, I think majority of the crimes are not against white women, right? Mm-hmm. They're against indigenous women or black, you know, women or black men. Um, but all the coverage is on 
you know, yeah. white women, which is which is um, which is sad. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the amount of stories that are not being shared. Like these families need support, right? So, and obviously, consent is a big deal when it comes to true crime content. There's zero consent. Some of y'all need to go to jail. Like you can't be using people's hurt and trauma and pain just to make money. Like it's insane to me how morally bankrupt some of these corporations, these production companies, um, and a lot of YouTubers are. Like it's so sickening. For us, we're watching it, but unless we do research, we don't know how the family feels about it, right? There are certain YouTubers. Um, I know there's a YouTuber. Her name is Kendall, Kendall Ray. She always does videos with the victim's families. So, you know, like she obviously is so in support, like the family is supporting her to make these stories, right? So like when I watch that and then I go and I watch a Netflix doc- documentary or I go and I watch a YouTuber who's, you know, like doing some random stuff while they talk about the story and giggling, it's like, what? Like, imagine the family watching this video. Imagine the family reading these comments. Such a violation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, oh, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? You said 80% of women, of the viewers are women for true crime content. And like, honestly, that number is staggering because what the hell? Uh, so I was like, what do men watch then? Like, what kind of, you know, content that's genre based do men watch? And so I was like, Google, I was asking my dad and like, I'm like, do not talk about sports. I don't want to hear about sports. I don't want to hear about like, no, like, I don't want to hear about hobbies, like minus the hobbies, because, you know, like women have content that they watch that. Minus hobbies, what is that? I watch like documentaries, like history. I know they're into like history. History. Is it history? (laughs) The war? History or like national geographic the ottoman times and like things like that no but a lot of people yeah but those documentaries don't do they do that well like in on obviously they're not being made the way true crime is being made right i don't think they're like consumed as much as true crime because i think like men typically just watch sports and then on the side they'll watch like you know, National Geographic and like History Channel and things like that. But I don't know. We're stereotyping so hard because (laughs) (laughs) this is the reason why I was like this, like every time I I Googled, I went on on, like top 10 YouTubers or whatever. And it was a bunch of gaming channels. Um, And then I was like, okay, so what would men watch? And then it was like gym videos or even the women watch those content too, right? Crypto. (laughs) Don't kill me. And then like craftsmanship. Or like Investing. skits and pranks yeah. were so we're stereotyping hardcore. But I was like thinking, is this a gender general thing? Like, do women watch true crime and do men not watch it because of society and like what society expects of us? Like, women, you're always gonna be in danger, so watch true crime. Men, you are protectors or you'll never be in danger, you'll never get attacked, so you don't need to watch true crime and be prepared, you know? Is is that what's going on? Like I'm trying to understand. You guys let me know. I don't know. I feel like true crime I don't think it hmm I don't know if society programmed women to watch it so they can protect themselves. I think they just kinda women just kinda stumbled across it and then became addicted. I think that's what happened. Are you <laughs> who's the first person to, who decided let's make you know what? That's newspaper. It's a journalist thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably media, right? The media yeah. kind of, went, when they saw something it. went viral, they kind of just took it and ran with it, right? Yeah. And then everyone just consumed it, but... Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, thinking about Jack the Ripper, and also, like, a lot of the cases that are sensationalized, the victims are almost always women, if it's not horrific. Like, you know, like, Jeffrey Dahmer doing horrific-ass shit. But if it's not mm-hmm. that, then most of the victims are women. Like, the serial killers we talk about mostly killed women. Mm-hmm. It's so scary to think, like... I don't know, maybe men don't watch serial killer documentaries because they already know 
<laughs> they already know what they would need to do to kill a woman. You know, it's in their genetics. Oh, crying! <laughs> they are not the target audience because they are not the target. They're not victims. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. Let us know, you guys. They, they honestly, probably- if we're missing something, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe this conversation would benefit from like you know a, a third opinion. So if you guys know why it is that men don't watch true crime as much as women do, let us know. Anyway, are you gonna stop watching true crime? I'm. Hmm. You know, I took a little bit of a break from true crime. Yeah. I haven't watched doc- like the the last time I listened or watched to something that was true crime uh related was uh the disappearance of Nusaiba Hassan. Do you know about that podcast on Spotify? Mm, no, I didn't come across it. No, it's about um this woman in Hamilton who oh who God. disappeared. So it's like a missing missing person case. Mm-hmm. And this was like back in like 2009 or 2008 or something wow, like that okay. it was a while back and they they do this investigation and um they find out that her family reported her missing i think nine years after she was actually Fisinka. missing and so they they were just kind of baffled so the the journalist she's like that's what kind of caught my eye is how does someone's family report them missing nine years after they're missing like that's kind of weird mm-hmm. um so yeah they speak to her family and they speak to her daughter who's um was adopted by another family um Mm -hmm. and yeah that's that's the last time i ever really listened to true crime that was a couple months ago ever since then i've i've I've, you've been on a bit of a break i've been on a break yeah yeah i've been on a break you don't want to hear my answer (laughs) what have you been on a true crime documentary binge Uh, oh my god this is i'm gonna expose myself so i like i said i watch true crime on youtube so i have like four or five youtubers that i circle um circulate throughout my week um i watched this the guy this guy called that chapter and another guy called coffee house crime um i watch a bunch of people i'm just gonna say those two for now and basically they release (laughs) two two episodes a week so all i'm watching all four episodes every week so there's there's your answer oh wow that's a lot of true crime sis yeah it is i was (laughs) does it affect your mental health yeah no because literally i was reading this this um article from cleveland clinic and they were talking about how um how the the effects of true crime on your psyche essentially like um the psychological effects of of crime shows Mm -hmm. is what they they called it and they're like you're gonna be scared all the time (laughs) You'll feel unsafe at home. Just you're watching wary of for others. So <laughs> essentially trust issues. You're wary of others. Um, you're anxious all the time. Hmm, seems Things like familiar. rapid heartbeat, <laughs> shallow breathing, hyperventilation, trouble Just sleeping. Anxiety attacks. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety in general. So I don't know, girl. I don't know if four episodes a week is healthy for your mental, uh, the, mental it's health. It's not that. Mental. Well, you guys could check it out. But it, does, it doesn't... I don't know. I guess I'm just dead inside. But I, like I said, I avoid <laughs> every case with like children. And like if it's domestic abuse, yeah. then I'm not watching like a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it just depends. It's mostly like con artisty. Like people doing crazy things for life insurance policies. That's mostly most of the cases. But... Like, I know, once you get the ick from true crime, like, you you watch a case that genuinely turns you off, and then you go cold turkey for a while. Um, and it does happen. And I think because it's YouTube, it's 30 minutes, and it's not, like, super detailed. It's not, like, a six-hour documentary that you're literally being consumed by. This is genuinely, like, 30 minutes. I will turn it off if I don't want to watch it, right? And I don't feel like I'm, I need to finish the story. There's no, like, compulsion to finish the story. So it just depends on the medium. 
Yeah, no, that sounds a lot less intense. Because these really long, intense, six-episode-long documentaries with the scary music. No, I hate scary Yeah, music. with the scary music and the no. weird filming and just... Guys, I don't literally do that. walk outside your house and you see the world differently from these yeah, documentaries. Yeah, you're sometimes. right. Everything just looks grayer, you know? like, And it's if you think about it, it's self-inflicted trauma. Yes. Like, you're, you're literally traumatizing no, no, yourself. No, you're right. Um, yeah, you need to brace yourself. You're right, because the last time I watched, like, a six-hour documentary, genuinely and truly, it's so heavy on the heart. Like, you go outside and you're like, this is not your real life, break your shackles, you know, kind of thing. But, well, but yeah, you're right. Like, I see know. your point. Yeah. Anyways, so, in, in conclusion, I probably won't stop watching true crime. I do not watch true crime who mm-hmm. are, you know, like, rude to the victims or any of that. So, the ones I'm watching right now, mm-hmm. I'm okay with. And I'm good. Okay, as long as as long as you're good. So this marks the end of our episode. Uh, make sure to reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns about this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, or it can be not about this episode. It could be about something else. Uh, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Curious Cat at a Bond Podcast, or you can email us at abondchronicles at gmail.com. Until next time. <laughs>